and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. And I'm Adam Gobeski, and please welcome our three special guests. We've got Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here. Kevin Vredevog. Thanks for inviting me on. And a special returning guest, Q Jackson, the star of the Wolf's Marine movies. Q? That's me. <laughs> I'm checking. Yes, that is me. <laughs> so welcome back to the podcast, Q. It's been a while. Yeah, it really has been. How long has it been? Five years? <laughs> That'd be my guess. Pre-pandemic, I think that's certain. Yeah, I would say five five years. Yeah. Wow, if it's been that long since we caught up, I definitely want to know how the pandemic affected your production schedule. Yeah, you know, it was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We we just kind of powered through. We, <laughs> we got a little bit of hot water locally, but <laughs> I would say it didn't affect our schedule, I mean, uh, actually. So, I mean, from what I remember, all right, this is just what I remember, was that there was movies were being made constantly, and you were being picked up and by bus? I think it was <laughs> Secretly by bus? Oh, secretly by van. That's right. Taken to an undisclosed location and filming many, many, many films. And I seem to recall he had to audition for the part of Wolf's Marine after every <laughs> film. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a guarantee. That's how I think that really contributes to the quality of the films, really. Kevin, are you familiar with the low budget Wolf's Marine series of films? This is going to surprise you, but no, I am not familiar <laughs> with the low budget series of films entitled uh, Wolf's Marine. Yeah. So for Kevin's benefit and uh Anyone listening who may have forgotten, Q, tell us a little bit about the Wolf's Marine movies and what their deal is. Boy, I was really hoping that uh, you were going to give that um, <laughs> uh, update for me, but I suppose I can. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know because of the way your uh, movies are filmed, I don't know what I do. I just read these lines. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of years. Uh, since we since we started with that yeah uh, well fortunately we have our resident wolf's marine expert here paul wilcox to fill us in oh yeah um well uh q yeah you're really bailing q jackson out here adam <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure q really appreciates it uh, <laughs> so the the wolf's marine uh series is a it's a series of action superhero movies uh starring yourself q jackson and from what i understand a lot of the magic of it is a style of total immersion which involves not knowing where when or even what the contents of the script will be prior to filming oh it's like disney levels of security with the mcu yeah yeah like no one even knows not only just like up until the shoot but actually during and beyond the shoot it's really uh kind of really all put together and post <laughs> and then you just kind of you know uh, q gets to kind of learn about what has been made after the fact that that's a big part of the appeal um, movie is not just for the audience but also for the actors too because why shouldn't the actor why should the actors be spoiled on the plot <laughs> i think is kind of the philosophy of it is, is that correct uh yeah yeah i think that's a pretty good summary paul Thanks for that, Paul. So how did the movies during the pandemic go for you, Q? Were there a lot of changes with the COVID procedures or? Really? 
No, the isolated nature of the shoots themselves really led themselves to uh, really just continuing as normal, except with the noticeable addition of the uh, mask as well as the blindfold, um, <laughs> which was a little bit in addition to the burlap bag was like kind of like I was starting to get a little lightheaded on the way to each uh, filming session, but we made it. And I think you could see that a lot. In your recent movies, too, the sort of, uh, you know, stumbling, dazed. dazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially in in uh, the one of one of the uh, recent sequels, Wolf's Marine Breathless, I believe, is <laughs> the one where you can really kind of see everyone sort of gasping a little bit. Now, that's the one that's the remake of the classic French New Wave film, Breathless, the one that kicked off the French New Wave. But... With Wolf's Marine in the title character, and also they've turned it into a superhero comedy. Do I have that right? Yeah, that at least that's what the what the director told me. Or he was just the guy driving the van. I'm not. He said he was the director, and he he was definitely a big film buff. So yeah, I think that's exactly right. We've also been working on some other uh, French New Wave inspired films that you you may all be familiar with as film buffs. Do you want to name a couple? <laughs> 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 or just leave that tantalizing <laughs> hint. I was kind of hoping you would. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you had something in mind. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> we are looking to branch into musicals as well, but we have to catch our breath first. Um, well, well done. Q, I'm just trying to catch up as someone who has no idea what's going on. Are you an actor by trade or just a person who was kidnapped? Well, it really kind of depends on your point of view. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I, I would kind of say... say well, <laughs> what about from the law's point of view? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, from, from I've your own point that of I view? should see what the law thinks about this, but... <laughs> I, I thought it was just method acting, um, <laughs> but I'm told that that's not actually what it is. This is just, but I said, well, it is a method of acting. So you're, I do you're... not have any formal training, if that's what okay. you're asking about. Sure, sure. Do you remember anything about your life prior to the van incident? Um, boy, what happened before the van? She's kind of always been a van. <laughs> <laughs> Figuratively or literally? <laughs> I think literally. <laughs> you know how early life kind of feels like a series of dreams, but... Van-based um, dreams? Yeah. Yeah, my childhood was very van-centered. I think mm. it's because that's where we lived, or we lived part-time in the van. Is this like a jewel situation? You Growing up in a van in Alaska? Yeah, not, not quite as uh, adventurous as Alaska. Kind of more southeastern U.S. Walmart parking lots normally. Okay. I guess now you'd probably call that van life. Uh, what do they call whole, it then? It's a whole new profession. Um, back then, we uh, just called it actors training. <laughs> so even as a child, you were a child actor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, said, I know I said I didn't have any formal training, but this was a bit of an informal training. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't sound formal fam- to me. <laughs> it's a family business. I guess you could call it. So oh. you were in this van with your family. This isn't. This is not the same van that ultimately led to your current turn at acting. Yes, this is. This was my. This was uh, me and the family uh, training for my future. They had. They had big dreams. 
dreams that you'd be kidnapped someday and would be in a series of action movies. <laughs> you know, I don't know what their vision was for it, and I don't know that they didn't have something to do with the action movies themselves. I have not seen them quite some time. Do you talk to them at all? Like, I say uh, I hadn't seen them, but maybe you converse via telephone or email or, or whatever. Well, sometimes the people in the van that are taking me to the set, they relay messages from my family that they say they've talked to them um, and they give me updates. Are you willing to share any of those messages with us? Um, those are personal stuff. It's it's mostly just, you know, normal family stuff. Um, we're so proud of you. Don't don't come. We'll we'll see you once the <laughs> the Wolf's Marine series is over, but don't come home before that. This is your life's purpose. Th- those kinds of things. Oh, so they know what you're doing. They do. And, and they're it's, they actually, that? they must relay very detailed messages to these kidnappers too, because they really get a lot of detail of these messages. Like it almost feels like, and sometimes they almost sound like my family members. Like the guy driving the van the other day, I swear he sounded so much like my dad, just the way he talked. But you couldn't see him because of the blindfold and burlap sack? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes complete and total sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought so, yeah. It's so, it's, uh, you know, I'm not sure what sort of relationship that they have, but I know they must be close, but it's been quite a few years. So you said you kept working through the pandemic. Do you know roughly how many movies you ended up making in like 2020? Like, did production go down? Was it the same? I think it actually went up. Yeah? Yeah. I think as we just, we had, we had so much access. I think the drivers could go faster, too, um, out to the set. The rides were certainly a lot more sort of jerky. I could tell they were going faster. Ridden in enough vans. That was the bottleneck in the production, was the, the ride. <laughs> Travel time. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of driving. And we're, and when we do shoots, these are pretty much, we're, we've got it down to a science. These, these are, these are one take movies. I like to call them. <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit about life on set, particularly given that you, you, I guess, leave without knowing anything about the movie you've just filmed. There's the uh, director. He will come out every few lines and read us our lines or he'll whisper them in our ears because we don't want to <laughs> know what the other <laughs> actors are going to say. Sure. Like, because if is we that knew, via, but, like an earpiece, or does he literally come over and whisper in your ear? <laughs> he whisper. He, it's it's whispers. He, it's you get you know. He's pretty up close and personal with it. Not in, not in an inappropriate way or anything. It's just you know. I, <laughs> yeah, this all sounds know, very above board. We don't have like a very, you know. I like lunch to not be a very like pungent kind of food, if you know what I mean. But anyways. So so he'll read you a one set of lines at a time until you know when to stop and wait for some kind of response. That's about all the information we have. We don't know what the response is going to be. He then uh, goes, once I'm done speaking, he goes to the next actor who will speak, whispers in their ear, and then uh, tells me the lines, and I react in uh, sort of a natural, natural way or as natural as I know how to do. And uh, we kind of build it like that. So do you meet the other actors then? I, I can't remember if we discussed this before or not, but um, we meet them not not up until the point of filming. We have separate vans and everything. <laughs> Everyone gets their own van. So do you have any opportunity to talk with your fellow actors? All the communication we have is during filming and only with the lines we can speak. 
but we do have the freedom of body language. So we've kind of learned to sort of side communicate each, to each other um, during the scene. You know, if there's something we need to talk about that we know we won't be able to later. And you can actually kind of see it in the, if you look closely, they're kind of like little Easter eggs. You know, like I might be warning my fellow actor not to eat the egg salad sandwiches or something. If I know they're new, I will kind of do the best I can to motion that to them on screen since it's my only opportunity to communicate. Charlie, ask something. <laughs> um, Paul hasn't asked anything in a while. We can have him <laughs> ask a question. <laughs> I do like that you guys are very considerate of my opinion. <laughs> like, I usually try not to ask a question until I'm prompted. Uh, <laughs> You're very question. polite. We know. When it comes to interviews. Yeah, I know. That's just how. That's how I was raised. Well, I had heard that you know after so many movies with you as Wolf's Marine that you were finally going to retire and they were going to get somebody else to be Wolf's Marine, despite your popularity. But I hear that's no longer true. Did you work something out? Yeah, I think the. I'm not sure where that uh, came from, but that does that that did happen, and it does happen uh, very frequently. In fact, you know that ideally we would be passing the torch to a new Wolf's Marine every movie. I've just been really the only one who can keep up with rigorous production schedule and methods, I guess. Usually they'll call for auditions and there'll be other potential Wolf's Marine. Wolf's Marine? Wolf's Marines. <laughs> I, guess. I don't think you have to make it an internal <laughs> <laughs> Wolf's Marines. Uh, but once they once they hear about uh what the process of production is like, they just I I still get it every time and you know, but I do have to audition to get it each time. And by have to I mean have to. Like they don't I don't get to not audition. <laughs> so you don't have the option of passing? Uh, at least not right now. What happens to these other folks who've auditioned? Have you ever seen them again? Uh, no, no. And I usually, well, I don't see them see them in the first place, but I've never heard from them oh. again, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the other question. Like, are you, you're present during their audition, but you can't see them? Yeah, it's actually kind of a, intri- you know, it's it's similar to the van, except it's like bigger. I think it might be something like, uh, if I had to guess, I based on the temperature and the climate, inside i would say it's something like maybe a semi-truck trailer something big where you can have an audition but also still be mobile <laughs> oh you're still moving <laughs> so, so we have mobile anonymous auditions um i mean they say blind the blind audition is the most you know fair and so we do it that way um i think that's what kind of weeds other applicants out of the process though so just not quite used to life on the road whereas i've you know it's kind of the only way I know now. So you start out with, what, 10 people in the semi together? How, how many are there at the end of the audition process? <laughs> well, it usually starts with about 20. Okay. And um, after each audition, they they exit the vehicle. Um, <laughs> does the vehicle slow down or stop for this not, exit? or Not that I can tell. Okay. They do open the hatch, though. So I think they must be being transferred to some other vehicle. The like, hatch? 
Well, the the back door. Um, oh. <laughs> of I the, thought maybe this was a fancy advanced semi. There must be some other trailer on the back because I know I've heard a helicopter land back there. So I think what they were doing, like I said, I haven't seen any of this, but I think that there's a a helipad that rolls behind it and we do the extraction that way. How do you know that you're moving when you're in the vehicle? I mean, I guess I don't other than the acceleration and deceleration at stops. Ah, but normally okay. it's a pretty continuous movement, but I can feel kind of some kind of lateral. And then sometimes, you know, I can tell we're going on. You can tell kind of from the lateral motion that we're going down some sort of winding road or I'll feel my ears pop. So I've gotten pretty good at figuring out roughly where I am. And we do seem to travel through a lot of remote mountainous locations from what I can tell. I've got to say, I've seen some of these movies and this seems like a pretty elaborate (laughs) audition process considering the uh, production value of your movies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I think that's where I think that's, I think a lot of the budget goes into this process. (laughs) It's, is really that's my suspicion. They don't show me the books, but from what I can tell, probably ninety percent of the production budget for any given movie goes to this process. But I think I think it really shows in the final product that it was worth it to really kind of front load oh. the budget there, so that you can then be set up to with the right people um, to have a successful production. Whatever money is left over after. <laughs> Sometimes there's, it, I can tell that there's less. Sometimes there's less than others. You should, you should take this to the producer or director and just tell them maybe just film the audition process. I might like to see that. I think that could be really successful. I mean, and there certainly has been enough action happening during these auditions <laughs> that it could be its own movie. I mean, there's probably more explosions during the audition than during <laughs> filming, I would say. Wow. Yeah, and gunfire. It's a very, very rigorous. They put them through a lot. The director really wants to cover all all the bases when auditioning. Unironically, I would absolutely watch a reality TV show that was based in the back of a semi truck in which the losers get pushed out the back of the truck every week. <laughs> they just get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> Someone opened the hatch. You bit. Uh, I don't know what the the phrase would be, but there'd be there'd be something witty. They'd say <laughs> they pushed you off the back of a moving truck. Yeah. <laughs> then like the sag wagon or whatever comes comes by and <laughs> picks them up in the sprinter van. <laughs> That's what like reality TV should have been from the beginning. <laughs> Like if yeah. Fear Factor had a snuff film, agreed. Actual unwilling for blindfolded participants. <laughs> so Q, so I was rewatching, uh, I guess one of your later Wolf's Marine movies. Uh, it said it was from uh, 2021. Wolf's Marines cholecystectomy and. I heard that they actually removed your gallbladder like that was it was real and that they were calling it elective surgery. And I was wondering if you could give us some insight into that or like could those rumors are true or not true or what? Yes, they're 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 completely true. Yes, it was definitely one of my more challenging roles 
I've I've always known that I was not gonna need my gallbladder. I think, um, and I've I was kind of I think I was the driving force behind that. Um, definitely, it was elective. It was an interesting experience because I think it was also the it was also the first mobile surgery of that magnitude before, at least on at least uh, vehicular wise. Yeah, I do know that it, uh, its graphic nature meant it was banned in some territories. Oh, okay. So that's probably why that was a long ride to that set uh, for that day, for sure. So I think we had to go outside of our normal territory to film it. But I think ultimately it was worth worth it. The price we got uh, for the for my uh, gallbladder, being as they don't normally remove healthy ones, uh, really helped kind of boost the budget of that film and uh, really helped with you know the production values because it was definitely sold before long before filming what do you think about that charlie <laughs> it was sold before filming yeah one of our major uh, oh like pre-sold <laughs> one of our one of our major uh patrons um requested it then you were a willing participant in this yeah as willing as any other step in this process <laughs> yes i don't know what would have what the alternative would have been if i miss a single wolf's marine movie i could cease to be the, the face of wolf's marine i would really wouldn't want to break my streak so i know it was a choice of mine but really in my heart i, I had no choice i don't think we've really talked too much about like what do you do to get in character for wolf's marine like like what's the character like for you the character is really, I, I almost feel more that, that when I am Wolf's Marine, I am more myself than, than when I am Q. I feel like I take myself to another world where I'm strong and, uh, and free and a, a hero, uh, very funny. Um, did all these different things that I don't really have much of an opportunity to do when I'm uh, living my uh, van life the rest of the rest of the year. It's really a, something I get in. I get into character for it because I think I already, even in my everyday life, I'm already halfway there as Wolf's Marine. So one of my favorite scenes from any of your movies is from Wolf's Marine goes to driving school and you decide, <laughs> you know, after you failed the first couple of tests that you're going to play a prank on the teacher. Can you walk me through that scene and like how you how you got to that place that you needed to be? Yeah. So that was an interesting one because I. Uh, the well here let, let me start you out i i watched this scene so many times so i'll, I'll be the teacher all right? all right well pretty soon after this this is only a five-day class and i can say after four days that all of you by the end of the week will be out in the street and driving again except for you wolf's marine you're hopeless everyone should look at you and see abject failure and what they should never be in life and i'm going to turn towards the blackboard and i'm going to write wolf's marine is awful so that everybody knows. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking him to remember things that he did for three minutes. <laughs> along, you know, I know that's fair. Movies ago. <laughs> <laughs> it does all really kind of blur together. But I do remember feeling very visceral rage for the teacher. <laughs> I think it's method acting. Of course, I, I didn't, didn't feel any ill will. Uh, uh, so what you did, teacher. and this was just pure genius, is that you went to the front of the class, you grabbed the desk, you picked it up, and you threw it at the teacher and smashed him into the chalkboard and said your famous line. 
Yep, I said, I guess we'll have to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I do say that all the time. <laughs> Usually after I hit someone with a either with a board or into a board. In this case, it was into a board. With a thing that was kind of made of boards, I guess. But a desk, you know, it's... It, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. That one didn't even really feel like acting. And I think, I think that the, the teacher would say the same. I think that's why that's a real favorite, a real fan favorite. Since we're talking about favorite scenes, I guess I wanted to ask you about the scene where it's you and your evil twin who, I mean, maybe there was some trick photography, but I think you play both Wolf's Marine and Marine Wolf. Is that right? Uh, yes. In Wolf's Marine versus Marine Wolf? Mm-hmm. Yep, they actually, I actually do. They just, they uh, flip the image. Oh. Yeah, that's that's why he's left-handed, if you, if you noticed. Oh, I just thought you were, like, super talented. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I am, but uh, uh, not ambidextrous, though. I, know, I guess I just really liked the moment where Marine Wolf is giving Wolf's Marine an atomic noogie. And Wolf's Marine decides he's had enough, and so, and I was wondering if you would, uh, if you'd repeat for us the line that you yell at uh, Marine Wolf at that moment while he's giving you the atomic noogie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was that was an interesting scene to do with myself, giving myself the atomic noogie while also telling myself to stop. I thought that was the scene that really challenged you as an actor. It definitely did. It was probably one of my most challenging scenes. But that's why I think the line really, you know, it just kind of came to me. By came to you, you mean it was whispered in your ear by the director? <laughs> well, that's how things come to people when someone else comes and whispers. <laughs> yeah, that, that is how it is done. Yeah. He, uh, when I said, uh, <laughs> Would it help if you and Adam said it together in unison? <laughs> I think I think that would actually make for the best performance, yeah, if we count right. it down. <laughs> All right. So let's let's count it down. Charlie, count us down. Three, two, one. Okay, I'm there's go no way this is in my contract. You don't <laughs> give me this atomic noogie. <laughs> oh, I guess we're thinking of different lines. What was your line? <laughs> I'm going to go atomic on your butt if you don't stop giving me this atomic noogie. What was yours? I was thinking of the line after that where you said, okay, there's no way this is in my contract. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good good one, too. That one felt a little more ad-lib to me. Yeah, yeah, I think that one really... I don't think that one was whispered. (laughs) Doesn't sound like something that he would say. But you're not certain. You reserve the oh. possibility that it is something he would whisper to you. It's possible <laughs> that the director might say that. Because sometimes he whispers things that aren't definitely our lines. And then when I say them, he's like, not that part. And I'm like, well, how was I supposed to know? Oh, so that'd be to explain that scene in uh, Wolf's Marine colon Mega Gorgon. That moment where you first see the Mega Gorgon and you say your line, which is... Charlie, help me out if uh, if Q doesn't remember. When he first sees the Mega Gorgon, yeah, that uh, maybe we should do this at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, Kevin, count us down. Three, two, one, go. Wow, I'm mega frightened say, by this Mega crap, Gorgon. Mega Gorgon. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing this countdown? <laughs> <laughs> what was that line, Q? 
I, I need you to say this. Is, I need you to say, holy crap, that's a Mega Gorgon. And what did you say, Charlie? <laughs> I'm mega frightened by this Mega Gorgon. Yeah, I think uh, the one Q said was the one we were referring to, given we were talking about things he wasn't actually supposed to say. <laughs> you must have been watching the director's cut. <laughs> it's a popular version. I need you to say, holy crap, it's Mega Gorgon. <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. <laughs> I mean, even, even even hit directors make mistakes once in a while. <laughs> he knows to he knows to be very explicit and only whisper things I'm supposed to say. But then sometimes he like goes off topic and stuff. And I think that wants to have a chat and doesn't care if it makes a movie. To the best of your knowledge, is the director a willing participant in these uh, these movies, or he, is he also sort of a van-based kidnapping story? Great question. Yeah, that's actually kind of hard to tell, but I think he's kind of in the same boat. How deep does this go? He says a lot of he. <laughs> it's, he'll it's say a lot of things all the way like, down. They haven't yeah. fed me today, and, you know that sort of thing. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure I'm supposed to say that? And he's like, no. Uh, say this instead, you know, that says something about Mega Gorgon or get the gun or, you know, just any any given line, like so many that we've talked about today. Kevin, so I think I he know. has his own oh, van okay. too. <laughs> I'm ready, Charlie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know you haven't seen any of these films. We established that already. But are there any scenes you like from other movies that you maybe want Wolf's Marine to <laughs> recite? <laughs> I've <laughs> got a professional actor here. I I do regret establishing that I have not seen any of these movies, but um, <laughs> oh goodness! I mean, Wolf's Marine. I guess I oh, you're so in character. I I lost your actual name. Q. Do do you have any favorite movies from from your training or childhood that that really inspired you to you know be the character that everyone but me seems to love? Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely, we definitely had some tapes that we'd play in the van when we had enough power. You know, like just good. Like I watched, actually watched a lot of good. You know, I haven't watched a lot of movies lately, so I'm I'm probably less familiar with my own genre than I am more like family comedies. Like what's that famous one? It's like Barry and the and the Sandersons. It's about like a big nice guy who moves in with this family. <laughs> Um, or, uh, what's the one about the family dog? The Frankie Muniz movie? Chopin? Harley and She? <laughs> yeah, probably both, both of those, actually. I really thought we were going to get a Jungle One Jungle reference here. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I forgot. About you start talking about family VHSs, and I was like, he's going to bring up Jungle One Jungle. Jungle <laughs> to Jungle Two Jungle. <laughs> Yeah, that was before the the sequel, Jungle Jungle Three Jungle Furious, I think, (laughs) (laughs) or is it Three Jungle Three Furious? (laughs) But yeah, occasionally we would rent. I I do remember renting Jungle One Jungle at the uh, at at the back when Walmart's had the rental store up in front up in the front of them. Oh yeah, I never went to the Walmart one, but I went to the. The local fell posh and grand ledge one a bunch. Oh yeah, I'd actually forgotten about that until just now. 
yeah. In fact, I actually don't know that any Walmarts had them. I, I remember going to them at L&L. Yeah. Maybe, did L&L, maybe L&L didn't even have them. I just remember there being weird rental stores like in the front. Not weird, but it was just like, oh yeah, that's something that a grocery store has. Yeah. Rental tapes. Now there's nothing fun in grocery stores. So let's talk a little bit about your most recent Wolf's Marine movie, which I understand uh, was filmed in a new format and that you can only watch this in the Munizverse. Am I getting this right? Yep, that's correct. And and it says that you were it was actually filmed in the Munizverse itself. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, and what it was... the Munizverse even is? So the Munizverse from what I experienced is so I mean, I can tell you what I from a layman's perspective, it's a place just like any other that you're driven to <laughs> under strict secrecy. <laughs> the layman's terms. <laughs> and and uh it's essentially a like a a small warehouse out in the desert that has various vats of oil and they put some kind of like breathing apparatus and kind of a VR goggle type situation on you. And actually they had to hook up for me. They hooked up some basic baseline, uh, vital, vital signs monitoring, and then submerged me in this, uh, I would say it's kind of like a drum, almost like a dunk tank size drum of oil. And, then it's really just like entering a whole nother world. And it was just like I was back outside the van again, except this time I was in the Muniz verse, but we still had to do all of the normal setup. Like there were the still just the same like cameras and everything. I, it was still, you know, hot. I would still get thirsty. Could you drink the oil? They really advised us not to, but I think I got a little bit in me and I don't know. I've never quite felt the, the same since. I don't think it's anything bad. I was told by the company that they had a different type of oil that I should be using on my food to kind of reverse the effects of the other oil. But that didn't agree with me very well. And then they sent me another oil to use after the after this first oil. So I've got this whole array of oils to fix the symptoms of oil ingestion, but then fix the symptoms of the previous oil injection. I think I'm at about five or six different ones now. Some of them are not available. They seem to be not available on the in the broader market. I've looked them up. I can't find any. You know, they must be some kind of special limited edition or something because I can't find uh, find them in a normal store or even in the or even in Frankie's uh, oil store in Scottsdale at least. Oh, so you've been to Frankie's store in Scottsdale? Uh, well, in the metaverse. <laughs> oh, okay. Or the sorry, in the Munisverse. Yeah. The plot point in the in the Munisverse movie, as I understand, I haven't seen it because I haven't myself gone into the Munisverse. But just reading summaries on um, uh, what's a terrible forum that I could be reading summaries on? 4chan. Well, terrible without being that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just bodybuilding dot com. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just reading summaries on fitandflex.com. Yeah. Like like yeah, my understanding is that in the Muniz verse he goes to the Muniz oil store. 
Yeah, that is correct. That that was actually kind of the most unique thing about the Munisverse, is that although everything was almost the same, it felt kind of interesting that I could sort of know where I was within the Munisverse itself. It took down some of the guardrails, and it was like a whole kind of new world opening up to me within the Munisverse. So actually, I think it's kind of a cool, cool product. It's got a lot of potential, but... No, I did read that. More interested in the in kind of the the virtual tokens aspect of it. Now, I did read that one of the criticisms of this uh, movie is that every time you open your mouth instead of dialogue, it's just gargling sounds. And yeah, so is that just because like why why was that choice made? You know, I just think that the I think that's the only way the director could communicate to me was in gargles. It was me trying my best to replicate what I heard in my ear. I'm not sure exactly why he made that decision, other than I think it was because of the oil. But I had like a special, uh, like I had a device that I could, you know, place over my mouth to like help with that to where I could speak lines if I needed to. But I don't think the director had the same thing. So I just did my best to say what he said. And that's how it came out. Uh, One of the downfalls of the process, I guess. Yeah. I think I think in the end it really kind of came together into a sort of made you know one of those happy accidents. Wow, Q! I mean, it's been great having you here again. I don't know how you got here to talk with us, <laughs> firstly, but I mean that's why you guys are under very uh, strict orders not to tell me where this is. That's who you know if you saw outside the building. Um, well, we don't actually know where you are because. You're you're over the internet for us, so you're some undisclosed location as far as that we don't actually, or at least I don't actually know. I guess I can't speak to Charlie, Kevin, or Paul, but... No, I'm, yeah. I'm not with you. Oh, okay. I think... Wait, I, so you thought Charlie was with you? I think it must be... I think I might actually... Uh, I forgot that I was in the Munisverse right now. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing very realistic representations of you. Oh, it's been nice being in the same room q i just want to take this moment to apologize for not having seen any of your movies or learned who you are prior to being brought in to interview you i hope that didn't you know (laughs) negatively impact this too much no i think i think that's kevin never wanted to do the research (laughs) i think you know if if from what you've probably now learned about the production process i think you probably see the value in in uh going in blind that's fair as good for the interviewer as the interviewee. Yeah. Well, thanks, Q, for uh, joining us. Uh, we we're glad that you were able to give us some insights. Yeah, and thanks thanks for having me. All right, that was Q Jackson. And so I'm a little confused, Charlie, because are you in the Munisverse? Because Q seemed to think you were there with him. Uh, not as far as I know, but the sort of thing you could have always been in and always will be in. So maybe. I guess. Huh. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I think the other question this brings up is do you think we'll ever see him again <laughs> i don't I'm think sure we would after the last so. one yeah i do too <laughs> at least on screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure he'll be i hope he's someday. okay though it's always nice when a new wolf marine movie comes out and you would be like okay he's still he's yeah. still alive okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's tuesday <laughs> yeah they do release on tuesdays that's one of my favorite <laughs> things about them Every Tuesday, <laughs> yep. Just like a, just like CDs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For another edition of the Go Basketball Report, my name is Charlie Wallace. 
And I'm Adam Gobeski, and we uh, we had Kevin Bredevog with us. Thanks for having me. Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. And uh, we also had at one point Q Jackson. So a big thanks once again to Q for taking time out of his presumably busy travel schedule to talk to us. And, it does seem quite busy with travel. Yeah. And who do we have lined up next time, Charlie? Uh, in, our, in our interview sequence. <laughs> hmm. Up next, we have writers actors producers one of whom's a director we have uh ben affleck and matt damon coming next time oh yeah exciting wow well i look forward to hearing their dulcet tones and about crypto that's what i'm gonna ask about (laughs) yeah you love asking about crypto (laughs) it's a hot topic people people are gonna be the next big thing people love cryptozoology Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Kobeski Wallace Report. You can check us out on Facebook or Twitter if you'd like. And of course, you can visit our website, www.kobeskiwallacereport.com, which features all of our previous episodes. So you can reminisce about the time that Charlie was attacked by a beaver. I don't think that happens. So many memories. All right, so breaking character. Do you want me to try? Or because I I legit don't remember. I was I was curious if this was all like now you're improving or if there was some backstory here. Yeah, oh yeah, no, there absolutely is. It's just I don't remember since we were you know I haven't like listened back to it. Sure, I think Adam got like the broad. I think we all got the broad strokes of it, uh, except you know Hugh Jackson being like Hugh Jackman, right? So this is like an like a Wolverine. Like yeah, so instead of Wolverine, it's Wolfsmarine. <laughs> okay, but this guy is just like being a, yeah kidnapped. Yeah, asylum style, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> asylum style knockoff Wolverine movies with yeah someone that who was waiting for a bus and then got p- picked up and forced to kidnap <laughs> or forced to act, if I recall, at a facility that may have also been a cloning lab owned by Frankie Muniz. I think that was left unclear, but <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I still don't like it still isn't coming into like perfect clarity or anything just because, just because of the nature of the improv, I guess. Right. Well, you don't uh, you don't expect to be asked to recall improv you did once five years ago. <laughs> I mean, I do expect it. It's just not something you can prepare for. I'm not going to Ken Jennings the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But I absolutely expect that I, I would benefit from from doing that. <laughs> look, the, yeah, any inconsistencies are for Doug to complain about in future episodes. I look forward to the CinemaSins episode about this. <laughs> <laughs>